it said that the truthful wali, truthful friend of Allah, he may not have any value according to people. They may not see him as anything. There's actually a really interesting hadith to that effect. Hadith of Muslim, if I remember correctly. There are certain people who are in a disheveled state. If they come to your door, you'd throw them away. You'd, you'd, you'd repel them. But they're so close to Allah in what they do, is that if they swore an oath, Allah would fulfill that oath for them. If they just said, Wallahi, it's going to rain today, Allah will cause the rain to come for them. They're so close to Allah. They don't control Allah. It's just that Allah loves them a lot. So, a wali doesn't have to be recognized and loved by everybody. You have to remember that. That's not a sign of wilaya, that everybody starts loving me and honoring me. Remember, prophets went through a lot of troubles, didn't they? They went through a lot of struggles. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala al-mab'uuthi rahmatan lil'alameen Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran ila yawmiddin amma ba'd Alhamdulillah, we can reconvene our lessons on the Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari's kitab al-Hikam, the Book of Wisdom We're on page 108, it's wisdom number 162 so what he's going to say in this one is that whenever a person wants to gain a proper relationship and a close relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not just this casual relationship that as a Muslim I pray five times a day and I try to do my best, but really somebody who genuinely wants to get onto the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that he can love Allah more and he can gain Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love and closeness and he genuinely wants to just really become focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then there's usually a procedure for that. And the procedure for that is that we need to block out whatever is distracting us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What blocks us, what distracts us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Pretty much everything else around us. Everything around us is a distraction. It doesn't have to be a distraction, but it easily becomes a distraction. Now, everything around us is for us to use. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made whatever is around us in the earth for us to use and to sustain ourselves with and to go through this life with in terms of eating, drinking, wearing, and living, and so on. However, those things should not become a distraction. They're just a utility. They're just an implement. They're just things as a means. But they become a distraction very easily because they become our focus. So they become the biggest obstacles in our path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which means that if somebody wants to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these things have to become diminished in their sight. We're still going to use them. We're still maybe, you know, we're still going to do a lot of the things that we've been doing. But suddenly, they no longer matter too much. What really matters is Allah because that's become a more major concern. So while we still need to use everything, it's going to have to diminish in our sight to such a degree that we, don't, we won't care about it anymore. Caring about it, not caring about it doesn't mean that we abandon it because you can't abandon it. You can't abandon food. We're not even allowed to fast for 24 hours. We're only allowed to fast from dawn to sunset. 
there's no virtue in delaying your iftar after Maghrib. Oh, I can do another half an hour. It's nothing to do with Islam. So you're not even allowed to stay hungry for 24 hours on end for no reason, right? Or as a worship, because it's not a worship. Our worship is defined. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still doesn't want our heart to be connected to that. So this is what he's going to say. And look at how beautiful he, say, he beautifully he says this. He says, غَيِّبْ نَظْرَ الْخَلْقِ إِلَيْكَ بِنَظْرِ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكَ How do we do this though? So that's what he's saying. How do we... It's so difficult, isn't it? Because everything around us in terms of the world is... We can see it. We can feel it. We can taste it. We can touch it. We can experience it. It makes us excited. Gives us exhilaration and pleasure. But how does, how does one replace that with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who we cannot see? We can't see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That makes it that much more difficult. But that's the challenge of this world. So he says, غَيِّبْ نَظْرَ الْخَلْقِ إِلَيْكَ بِالنَّظْرِ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكَ وَغِبْ عَنْ إِقْبَالِهِمْ عَلَيْكَ بِشُهُودِ إِقْبَالِهِ إِلَيْكَ Simple two lines. Make mankind's looking at you disappear by being content with Allah's looking at you. Somebody praises you, somebody's focused on you, somebody's giving you a gift, somebody says a salam to you, somebody praises you, somebody does something good for you, somebody honors you. Okay, great. But no, all of that, the only way you can overcome that and not let that get to you is to understand that there's somebody much more important that I can get this from and who's willing to give it to me, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So make mankind's looking at you disappear by being content with Allah's looking at you. Then he says, slip away from people's approach to you by contemplating Allah's approach to you. Now, what does that even mean? Like Allah looking at us, Allah's approach to us. We're full of ignorance. We don't even know what that means. Right? You're like, what do you mean by that? We completely understand when people are focused on us and they're praising us and you've got a fan base as everybody wants a fan base today right so easy to get a fan base so then they praise you they say something to you you did this so well you did that so well mashallah this is so great whatever what does it mean that allah is a allah's approach to you allah's attention to you allah's looking at you that's what we're going to try to understand inshallah that if we can understand that that will that will hopefully make matters easy for us. So, firstly, the way to figure this out is that anybody and everybody besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that does anything for you, say anything to you, they're really, compared to Allah, they're nothing. Like it's nothing. In terms of its value, of what you're going to get for it or from it, it's absolutely nothing compared to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give you. The real existence and the one that only one that really matters is the one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody else really matters. Now I know Shaitan will be telling you, but what about this perspective and that perspective? Listen to the whole story, then inshallah it'll fit in place, right? So he said basically the existence of everything else is just like something in the wind. It's just going to be blown from here and there. It could be here today and tomorrow they're going to knock you down. Today they praise you, tomorrow they're going to knock you down. Today they love you, tomorrow they're going to hate you. 
right? You do something by mistake. You do something that they disagree with. They're going to hate you tomorrow. So they're just like fil hawa. They're just like in the wind. It changes every day. ashkhas. Or it's just like literally like the shadows of people, shadows of objects. They keep moving as the day moves, as the sun moves. If you were to really investigate the value of that thing in terms of the reality of your long life in the hereafter, it's gonna, you're going to find it nothing. So that's why just totally become oblivious. Don't give it value anymore. Acknowledge it. You can acknowledge it. You can say thanks. You can say all of these things. But it should not get to your heart to make you who you are. It should not affect you. So totally blindside that thing but you need a replacement humans need replacement humans need a point of focus humans need love humans need focus they need somebody to focus on them so that's why if you can't replace it with Allah then you're going to replace it with another creation there's only one way to do that which is he says you need to suffice with the fact that Allah is looking at you Allah is focused on you. Allah is nurturing you. Hasn't he? And you're thinking like, is Allah really looking at me? I mean, why are you in this world? How did you get here? Why are you even a human being? Why are you even existent? Did you have to be existent? Did somebody particularly design you? Or call for you? Yes, parents want children. All right. But... At the end of the day, it was Allah that chose us. It could, it could have, we could have had a totally different congregation here. No Abdurrahman, no Badrul Islam, no, no, nobody else. And it would have been, uh, you know, 50 different people here. Did we have to be here? No, we're, we're not necessary. We're just possible beings. We're just optional. Allah created us, alhamdulillah. Thanks to Him. Then... He's made you Muslim. He's given you everything that you have, so Allah's not watching you. You think He just kind of said, look, just create these people and just give them what they want. No, everything that we do, everything that happens to us, that we do ourselves, Allah knows everything of that and allows that to happen. Has any, nothing special happened to you in your life? Where you got something without expecting it? Who does that come from? Oh, that was my friend, he thought. But who put it into his heart? Why? Does he do that all the time? No, then it won't be a surprise, is it? it? It won't be unusual then. So you think Allah is not looking at you. Allah is not focused on you. It's just we're so deceived because we can't see him. And we're focused and distracted by other things. So suffice with the fact that Allah is watching you, then you don't have to worry about anybody else watching you. Because... In reality, there's no, nobody else is watching you. It just really matters in the long shot. Short game maybe, but not in terms of the long game of the hereafter. Now, yes, people might come to you and if you're like a popular kind of guy and you've got something to offer, then people will be revering you, honoring you and saying good things about you and praising you. All of that, fine. That makes it even more difficult. I mean, if nobody cares about you, then it might be a bit easier. Right? But if people actually care about you, then it probably becomes a bit more difficult. But even then, even then, he says, focus on the fact that Allah is witnessing you. Allah is absolute witness and nothing eludes him. So then he says, look at it this way, that all of this is just fancy. All of this is just a mirage. 
Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looking at you is a proper knowledge. So know that for sure. And there's no fakeness in that. There's no artificial aspect of that. So then he says the way you'll figure this out is that the closer that you can then focus on Allah and get closer to Allah, that is how much distant you will actually become from people. This is a, what you call a zero-sum game. The more of this will be the less of that. And the less of this will be more of that. The more you get into people, the further you're going to move from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you're just distracted. You're taking it too seriously, the people. And the more you can focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you'll see that you can get more away from the people. And... Uh, he then, there's a hadith which is quoted, it's a well-known hadith, most of you have probably heard it. It's a hadith that the Prophet said to a young man at the time, Abdullah ibn Abbas, is still in his early teens, you know, late childhood actually. The Prophet said, You be mindful of Allah and Allah will be mindful of you. Ihfadillah means you, you, you protect every aspect related to Allah. So be mindful of Allah. And Allah will be mindful of you. There's absolute reciprocation from Allah. With others, you might do something and if they're in a good mood or they're focused or they're not too busy, they'll reciprocate if they, if they have gratitude. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He always reciprocates. There's nobody who's asked Allah for guidance and Allah has not guided them. Even non-Muslims. This is why I tell non-Muslims, you want to be guided, ask Allah for true guidance. Ask God for true guidance and He'll guide you. And if you're a person who, you know, is a believer already and you're just finding it difficult, well, call out to Allah. Start off with that dua. Start off with calling him and invoking. You'll see that it'll become easier. But shaitan will actually put us off even asking him. We'll have a desire. We'll have a dream. We'll have a fancy in our mind, this ambition, but we never actually ask. You ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you'll see that it will happen. So that's why he says, be mindful of Allah, Allah will be mindful of you. Be mindful of Allah and you'll find him in front of you. Meaning you'll find him wherever you need him. Then he says, when you ask, ask of Allah, not of somebody else. You're asking of Allah. And when you seek assistance, seek assistance from Allah. And then the Prophet ﷺ mentioned this overarching rule uh, and system of this world, uh, which is, he says that, and know that if the entire nation, basically all of humanity, all of the ummah, if they were to gather together, all collaborate together to try to benefit you in some way that, uh, benefit you in some way, they can only benefit you as much as Allah wants you to benefit. Whatever is written for you to benefit. That's every single human being together. Forget the one individual who loves you or two people that praise you or your 2,000 fan base or 20,000 or 100,000 or whatever it may be to make a difference. They can't benefit you except with what Allah has already decreed for you. And likewise, if they were to all come together in the opposite way to actually harm you in some way, to harm you in some way, they can't accept with whatever Allah has already decreed for that, uh, for, for it to harm you. Because he says the pens have been uh, have dried and the, the scrolls have been have been rolled up, which means that whatever has been decreed has already been decreed. That's, that's going to happen. So that essentially tells us that you focus on Allah, Allah will reciprocate. 
but he wants to see that coming from you first. Just imagine that, look, yes, alhamdulillah, all of these people are there, but I really need to focus on Allah because ultimately Allah is the one who's getting these guys to probably um, honor me anyway. So why, why should I uh, focus on them? Focus on Allah and uh, I'll be, I'll be uh, thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, Shaykh Abul Hassan, uh, one of the righteous people of the past, he said, look, I've become hopeless of myself benefiting myself. Like I can't even benefit myself fully because I don't have full control, right? To give everything to myself that I want. So I've become hopeless of even myself benefiting myself. So some me, I love myself, I have control over myself, and I can't even fully benefit myself. So how can I expect somebody else to benefit me? Because they have their own needs, right? They're separate, they have their own selfishness. As good as they are, they've got their own needs, don't they? Right? So they can't fully benefit. And I'm fully focused on myself and I can't even fully benefit myself. So how can I get benefit from somebody else except what Allah wants, right? فَكَيْفَ لَا أَرْجُوهُ He says, وَرَجَوْتُ اللَّهَ لِغَيْرِي And Ajib, I make dua for others. I've got hope in Allah to benefit others. Like, you know, when somebody tells you, make dua for me, I've got this issue. May Allah make it easy for you. May Allah bless you. May Allah give you a good child. May Allah give you a good job. May Allah remove this difficulty for you. I do make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for others. I've got hope in Allah for others. I'm not making fake duas, am I? I'm making the dua to Allah, not just to make them feel good. I'm... Hopefully, you know, I'm like, yeah, Allah can do this for you. I can't. I can't help your mom who has cancer, right? And you're struggling with that. But I can definitely pray for you and I can know that Allah can cure her and can ease her suffering. So he says that I, if I can be hopeful in Allah for others, then why can't I be hopeful in Allah for myself? Why is it that he gives others but he can't give me? Well, I better ask for it. They say that, what is a wali of Allah? You know the word, the wali of Allah, the friend of Allah. What exactly defines a wali of Allah? He said it's very simple. The, the foundation of a wali, the, the secret of a wali, the, if you want to become a wali of Allah, is is basically on sufficing with Allah in everything. It's to go to Allah, think of Allah, rely on Allah in anything and everything. I know that's just a very big idea said in a few words, right? But a wali is just somebody who's fully sufficed with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالْقَنَاعَةِ بِعِلْمِهِ Who's totally content on the fact that Allah knows what's going on with me. I'll leave it to him. وَالْإِعْتِنَا بِشُهُودِهِ And he's just focused on the fact that Allah is watching him. And Allah is a witness to him. And Allah says in Surah Al-Talaq in the Quran, وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ Whoever does rely on Allah, Allah is sufficient for him. Let's put it this way. Allah is sufficient for you as much as you rely on Him. You might say, well, I did try to rely on Him, but only this much happened. Well, maybe your reliance needs to be a bit more where you need to really fully, single-mindedly, in a tunnel-visioned way, focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then He will fully suffice you. Last time he sufficed you 25% or maybe 50%. Well, he can do 100% if you fully focus on him. Tawakkul is of levels, right? 
Tawakkul, which is reliance on Allah, is on levels. Tawakkul, if you have your mind still on somebody else while you're saying to Allah, I'm only relying on you, that's not full tawakkul. You can ask others, but you're fully, only Allah can do this. I am asking you because that's the worldly way of doing it, but ultimately only Allah can do this. He can only make this successful. You can try to help me, but success can only be from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another verse in Surah Az-Zumar, verse 36. Allah himself is asking, like, isn't Allah sufficient for his slaves? I mean, just the, if you want to understand this, just look at the lives of the Prophets. See, simple seerah of the Prophet ﷺ. We need to read the seerah over and over again or listen to it because it just shows us how Allah acts with His creation, how the Prophet ﷺ is full of tawakkul, how the Prophet ﷺ is fully satisfied and is fully sufficed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against every odd there is. Like more odds than we can face. Allah gives him success. Right, whether that's in Badr, or in the Khandaq, or in Tabuk, or whatever it is. And in the Khandaq, in the Ahzab, with the biggest army that had ever congregated, pretty much everybody, all of these warring factions that uh, fought against one another, they decided to come together. It was the biggest army that they'd ever seen in Arabia for that battle of the trench. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala got them off without even a battle. Because the winds blew. And they just tore up their tents and everything and they decided to go after a few days. Allah has everything under His control. So all of these things, uh, they show that Allah is definitely sufficient. Another verse, Surah Al-Alaq. أَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ يَرَى Don't they know that Allah is watching? Allah sees everything? Allah is uh, seeing? And then, أَوَلَمْ يَكْفِ بِرَبِّكَ أَنَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Surah Al-Fussilat. Isn't it sufficient as Allah being your Lord that He ha is witness upon everything? So the way it works for us is, th is not that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has just put multiple things in motion and then He's delegated the tasks to the angels and He just sits there and waits for angels to come and report to Him. No, Allah, while there is a system in place, Allah is still aware of everything that's going on. Like, how can he multitask like that? Like, we can only focus on one or two things, you know, we'd lose it. He is multitasking with literally infinite number of things. And it's, Allah knows everything. The seed in the darkness, the insect in your back garden, the multiple insects throughout the world, every leaf that is dropping, whether that be in autumn or otherwise, he knows it. Now, the practical aspect, right, is this doesn't mean you start shunning people, you start criticizing them, you start telling them you're nothing. That's not the point of it. It's not about rudeness. It's not about arrogance. It's just that in the heart, it starts to focus on Allah rather than You're still dealing, you're still saying salam, you're still accepting and giving gifts, you're still assisting one another. That's the situation of the world because that has to happen, right? You can't live alone. You, you collaborate with people. But everything, Allah is behind everything. That focus becomes the norm. That focus becomes our, uh, that, that becomes our focus. So he says, what's going to happen is that in the beginning, 
it's going to be where you're, you're eventually you're not going to feel good having a chat with people. You know, before you really enjoy doing that, you're not going to enjoy that anymore as much. There will be that kind of a change where you won't be looking out for that anymore. You'll do it for the necessity, but you're not going to enjoy those chats anymore. You're going to get off Facebook. Unless you've got a business and you have to be on there. You're going to get off Twitter and all of this other junk. You're going to be off TikTok. Right? That, that has to be the... Subhanallah. That has to be the first uh, of this. Because that's all creation. That's creation 10.0. Right? Proper distracting. So that is going to all become diminished. Right? All of that waste of time is going to become diminished. You're going to run away from that. I don't want that anymore. I can see through it now. I can see through how artificial and how waste of a time that is. And you're going to think, I just want to be with Allah because that's where I get the benefit from. You've got, let's just say you've got multiple investments. Little investment here, some are doing good, some are doing okay, some are doing bad, right? You've got multiple investments because you, want to, you need to diversify your portfolio. And suddenly you find this one investment that is absolutely lucrative. 10-15% every six months. The others are giving you 2%, 5%, 3%. Up and down. This one is giving you 10-15% and you're getting the returns. What are you going to do? You think, I'm going to pull out from all the others. I'm just focused on this one. now. You don't care about what, where the others are anymore. This is where you're getting the benefit from. That, that, that's what this is. That, that's how this needs to be. Although here you have to be careful because even that investment might be too good to be true and then you might... Get, um, lose everything because it's the dunya at the end of the day Allah protects so he's saying that that's what you have to become singly focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, you have to work with a pure heart until when you get fully convinced when your yaqeen grows so you have to force yourself first to focus on Allah and slowly slowly our conviction will grow and we'll start seeing Allah's attention on us that will strengthen slowly slowly and that will then allow us to, it'll be much easier to focus away from people. Before it was difficult, because we're still focused, right? And it's difficult to get away from distraction. But slowly, slowly, that's what's going to happen. And uh, Sahil ibn Abdullah al-Tustari, one of the people who had reached uh, um, a good status in this regard, he said, no servant, no, no, no person can get to the actual reality of this and do this properly until he acquires one of two, uh, one of two um, characteristics. Uh, number one, people drop from his eyes. Drop, that doesn't mean you start hating people uh, in the sense that you start denigrating them and humiliating them and looking down upon them. No. It's just that they don't become your main point of focus. You're still polite and you still fulfill their rights. But your focus is not that things come from people, that they come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So eventually what you, you're in this world, walking around, eating, talking, mixing with people, but it's only you and Allah. Because... Everything around you comes from Allah. So when you look at somebody, you just remember, reminded of Allah. For example, Yusuf when he sees the beauty of, what was her name? Zulaikha. He just remembers Allah because Allah is the one who gave her the beauty. 
Now, if we could do that, there'd be no fitna left for us, right? Because your, your eyes fall on something and you just remember Allah. That, well, oh yeah, wonderful, but Allah is the one who created it and Allah doesn't want me to look there or enjoy this. It'll just become easier. He sees nothing but himself and Allah because everything just reminds him of Allah. That ultimately then, he's not going to be fearful of anyone. And he can't have hope in anybody because he knows that ultimately it's only Allah that can cause them to benefit you or harm you. So he's like, I'm not scared because if Allah wants me to harm you, I can't help it anyway. And if Allah wants me to benefit, then it's going to come. So I can't have that hope from you. Though if I think you're the one, I can talk to you about it. But ultimately, even when I ask you to help me out, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that my focus is on that is Allah. But obviously Allah doesn't really just sit here and wait because Allah wants us in this world to focus, uh, to, to, uh, to, to adopt the means. So adopting the means is fine, as long as the focus is on Allah. There's nothing wrong with that because that's what we have to do. Can't just see and say that I got no food in the house and I'm just gonna... Yes, if I don't have any money and I'm struggling, it's like, oh Allah, only you can feed me right now, right? Because I don't have any money, I can't even go and earn, I'm stuck. But when you can go and do something, you're still asking Allah, but you, we're required to go and make an effort to earn something and buy some food or cook something. And eventually, you're, not, you're also not going to worry about how people see you. That doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're going to be unkept now, you're not going to have a bath and you're going to look uh, disheveled. It doesn't mean that. It just means that you still do what is required of a decent believer to do. To groom yourself and then the Prophet ﷺ did that. But you don't, you're not doing it for others anymore. You know this whole world we live in where we're dressed for others and everything is for others. We'll just make life easy. All the makeup companies will close. That'll be one less customer. Now to drive that point home, he says, look, think about it this way. He says, if you want to get 100% satisfaction from people, in the sense that you want to please everybody, if you're one of those stars who are so careful about, I want to do this, do, you know, you sometimes read about these influencers, I want to do this for my fans. Like, what do you mean? You live for your fans? What's your problem, man? You're living for your fans. So everything you do, it's only about how my fans will take it. It is just so stupid, right? What a life. You're a prisoner. You're captivated. You know, you're a captive of your fans. They control what you... It's like you only do what they want to hear and they want to see. Allah protect us. And you know, if you could say there wasn't like 20 stars out there, it's fine. Everybody's a star today. Everybody wants to become a star. or want to make their children a star. So he says that, know that complete satisfaction from people is an objective that can't be achieved. Just ponder the story of Luqman السلام, uh, Luqman and, and, his serv- uh, and, his, and his son. You'll get an understanding that it's too difficult or improbable, impossible to gain full satisfaction from people. You want to do a wedding and you want to have the best options in there so that people have it, they're going to like say, oh, you overdid that. It's going to be a complaint about excess or something. You can't get that balance right, right? It's very difficult. And then he says, well, if that's the case, right, if, the, if, you, if you agree with that, he says, That the most ignorant person is the one, the, the fo- most foolish one is the one who tries to get something that can't be achieved. So why are you trying to achieve it? Another person said, what have I got to do with people? 
Why should I be focused on people? And again, this is not in a way to denigrate them, right? Why should I be so focused on people? And look at this, this is an amazing story, he says. He says, Kuntu fi batni ummi wahdi. I was alone in my mother's stomach. I started off my journey alone in my mother's stomach. There's nobody else there unless you had a twin. But you can't really help one another. You're still alone, right? وَخَرَجْتُ إِلَى الدُّنْيَا وَحْدِي I came out into the world alone. نَمَوْتُ وَحْدِي I was nourished alone, right? وَنَدْخُلُ قَبْرِي وَحْدِي Eventually I'm going to enter into my grave alone. You might be in a mass grave, get Allah protect, but still, it's alone. Everybody's dealt with in that world alone, right? The angel comes to, not as a collective questioning, right? For everybody in uh, gardens of peace, but it's every individual as they die. Allah make it easy. al wahdi. I'm going to be questioned singly and individually. wahdi. Also going to be resurrected alone as well. wahdi. I'm going to be accounted, taken account of, and reckoned on the hereafter alone as well. wahdi. And eventually, if I get into paradise, I'm going to go alone. Everybody to the, for their own, right? I'm going to go alone. وَإِن دَخَلْتُ النَّارَ دَخَلْتُ وَحْدِي If I go into hellfire, I'm also going to go alone. So then, فَفِي هَذِهِ الْمَوَاطِنِ لَا يَنْفَعُنِي أَحَدٍ In all of these instances, nobody's been able to benefit me. فَمَالِي وَلِلنَّاسِ So what have I got to do with people at the end of the day? He's saying that to dis... Uh, basically what he's saying, I mean, of course there's benefit coming from people to one another. We collaborate. We contribute to one another. But he's saying that in terms of the real, it's all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let us not become focused on this as our ultimate goal in life. It's said that the truthful wali, truthful friend of Allah, he may not have any value according to people. They may not see him as anything. There's actually a really interesting hadith to that effect. Rubba ash'atha aghbara. Hadith of Muslim, if I remember correctly. There are certain people who are in a disheveled state. If they come to your door, you'd throw them away. You'd, you'd, you'd repel them. But they're so close to Allah in what they do, is that if they swore an oath, Allah would fulfill that oath for them. If they just said, Wallahi, it's going to rain today, Allah will cause the rain to come for them. They're so close to Allah. They don't control Allah. It's just that Allah loves them a lot. So, a wali doesn't have to be recognized and loved by everybody. You have to remember that. That's not a sign of wilaya, that everybody starts loving me and honoring me. Remember, prophets went through a lot of troubles, didn't they? They went through a lot of struggles. So, he says that every time, in fact, a lot of the time what happens in the beginning is that when your status becomes high in the state of Allah, people start hating you. People start going against you. That's a part of the test that do you, are you really going to stick with Allah and go through these troubles? There's a number of people I've dealt with in the, uh, that I've spoken to in the last few weeks where they said that when they started practicing, a number of oppositions started coming upon them. number of difficulties started coming. And basically that could happen for a phase because Allah wants to test your adherence and your obedience. That yeah, I'm willing to, in the thick of thin of things, I'm still willing to stay with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I've taken this choice. I'm going to start praying. going to start covering. I'm going to start becoming religious. 
right? Despite what my family, everybody says, right? There will be multiple factors of why people might come against you first. But ultimately, we need to be satisfied that we're with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now, I'll just read to you what Sheikh Abdullah Gangohi summarizes uh, from this wisdom uh, with basically what we have read today. He says, the pleasure and displeasure of people become irrelevant to him. He has no care for either reaction. In the sense that that's not the biggest thing in his life. He's not going to be bad. He's still going to be a good guy. But that's not what bothers him the most. Since the gaze of divine mercy, I mean, this is not like somebody who says, look, I don't care about you. I don't care what you think of me. He's not a person who goes around doing that. Right? This should not be misunderstood. He has no care for either reaction. Since the gaze of the divine mercy is perpetually on him, he's oblivious to the attention others accord him. He doesn't care about all of the other smaller investments now. He's got the big one. Right? He's very lucrative. He's got a very lucrative investment. That's where it's all benefiting from. To him, it is now irrelevant whether people honor or dishonor him or whether they respect or despise him. His heart attaches no importance to their attention. On the contrary, he contemplates the divine attention that is on him at all times 24-7, considering it an invaluable treasure. Being in possession of this great treasure, he can never truly divert his attention to others. It is simple to understand that if a man is under the care and protection of the sovereign, the ruler, a, kind, uh, you know, a very wealthy person who caters for all of his requirements, imagine you've got somebody that's patronizing you, that takes care of all of your needs, then this person will have no care of attention for others who might be giving you a little gift here once in a while or assisting you once in a while or will be available for you. This guy's always there for me. So why should I focus on anybody else? It's human nature. The gaze of the ruler of rulers is with us at every moment of our life. Every minute he showers us a variety of bounties. Therefore, to avert our gaze from him would make us from the ungrateful. We're being very ungrateful by focusing on others anyway, to start with. In consequence of such ingratitude, the punishment of such behavior, what is the punishment of it? Should be the snatching away from all of, of all of our bounties. Allah shouldn't actually give us anything because we're so focused away from Him, but He doesn't because He's too, too clement, too beautiful, too patient. Right? Yet because of His boundless mercy, He overlooks our ingratitude. And we make us just one small move towards Him, and he's willing us to give us everything. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this journey easy for us. May Allah allow us to suffice uh, with his attention and attention on him. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow, uh, make this easy for us. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam tabarakti adal jalali wa likram. Allahumma ya hayyu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nastaghif. اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين أو الله we ask you for your special mercies we ask you for your assistance oh Allah turn us away from all of this distraction we have in this world we are living in the most distracted times ya Allah and know what we have done wrong for us being here but oh Allah you have placed us here so Allah we ask you that you make this easy for us just as you just as all of these distractions uh, are available in this world, O oh Allah, nothing is beyond your power. O oh Allah, you can make this easy for us to be able to focus on what is truly beneficial for us, for this world and the hereafter. Protect us, our children and our progenies and everybody from all of these distractions. 
and make us productive individuals and accept us for the service of your deen and make us close to you and love you and make us beloved of you, your beloved. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon wa salamun ala mursaleen walhamdulillah. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion, the next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take... 20 short modules and at the end of that inshallah you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind, you can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.